You're listening to the Refined Hippie Podcast, a show all about holistic lifestyle, nutrition, and plant-based veganism for a mind-body-spirit approach to living healthfully and happily for ourselves and our planet. Hello, friends. I am your host, Rebecca Henson. Welcome back to another episode. This episode is about a subject that I am very passionate about, and that is magnesium. It may sound like a weird thing to be passionate about, but obviously my guest today is also passionate about it, so I guess it's not too strange or odd, right? (laughs) But the part of what we're going to be talking about is not just magnesium, but how you obtain your magnesium, and one of the best ways is transdermally through the skin. But before we get into all the details and the conversation, I just want to remind everyone, if you have not already signed up for my newsletter, please do so. You can do that directly from my website, therefinedhippie.com, or through the link in my Instagram bio. It takes you to a little link tree uh, page or whatnot, and all you have to do is click on the little thing that says sign up for newsletter, and there you go. I am going to be sending out my gut guide soon. I know I've been talking about that. It's still in the works, but it's coming out and going to be finished, and I can't wait. So be sure to sign up so you'll be notified. Also, if you have not already done so, please be sure to like, subscribe, and or share with those you know. As always, this helps with SEO and helps with other people finding the podcast. Okay, so we're going to just jump right in to today's episode, which is with the CEO and founder of Living the Good Life Naturally, Kristen Bowen, who right before we started recording, she told me that basically her mission for the episode or being on podcast, sharing this message is not for, you know, to sell more of her products or whatnot. It literally is to help people. Like her mission in life is to transform people's lives by giving them this information. And I really think that after this conversation, you are going to walk away from this episode feeling more empowered, more inspired, and ready to take charge even more. Whether that is just optimizing where you already are, maybe you're in a great situation, maybe your health is right where you want it to be. But We can always improve and we also want to make sure that we maintain that, right? Because we talk about it in the episode that, you know, we don't get to a magical place where we don't have to work anymore. Our bodies are always changing. Circumstances are always changing. Life is always changing. So we have to be on top of it. And this episode was just, our conversation was just so much fun. So Kristen has a pretty incredible story of healing, like a lot of us have. She went through some traumatic experiences, years, devastating health emergency that lasted and really was a a scary time for her family and her. But she's come out on the other side with a message and a mission. We discuss her story, what happened with her traumatic experience, all the different things she tried, her diagnoses that they gave her, and at what point everything shifted and she realized that she needed to look elsewhere for healing. 
we get into magnesium, of course, what happens when we're magnesium deficient, what strips magnesium from our bodies. We also discuss magnesium today versus magnesium of our grandparents' time, oral magnesium versus transdermal. What does that even mean, right? We talk about magnesium burn rate and what the heck that is, how often we need to soak in magnesium, what happens to our body once we do get enough magnesium. So much magnesium, y'all. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, give it to me now. I need magnesium. We also talk about journaling and the benefits of that and how we can find and experience gratitude and how life-changing that can be. We get into all kinds of fun subjects. You're going to love her. She is such an inspiration, absolutely a beautiful soul. Her energy is just so kind. And I mean, she's just an incredible human being. So without further ado, here is my interview with the lovely Kristen Bowen. Hello, Kristen. Hello. It's so nice to hear you and I get to see you too. Yeah, welcome. I know this is the beauty of, of the internet for sure is being able to see the people that pretty sure it would be difficult for you and I to actually get together in person since you're on the other side of the country. <laughs> that is the beauty of, of technology is the ability to connect with so many people that typically you and I wouldn't have. I know. And, and this is the beauty of also uh, me having this podcast because I have had the privilege of interviewing so many amazing people that I would have never maybe even known about, but certainly not have had the privilege to, to interview. So thank you so much for coming on. You know, I have such respect for podcasters. I did a live radio show for seven years and radio is a dying, almost dead medium. And so I thought, okay, it's time. And I just thought I'd switch over to podcasting. You know, that made sense to go from yeah. the live. There are so many components and working parts behind a podcast and it wasn't a good fit for me. Mm. So I am so grateful to people like you that put all of that work in and then invite me on top of this podcast that you put love, sweat, sweat, tears, tears, so many tears, so many tears, <laughs> um, all of the things that have to happen. So thank you very much oh for having gosh. me on today. Well, I, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, the tears, the technology can be a beautiful thing, but it can also oh. be a very painful thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So we, um, I of course have been I listened to a couple podcasts that you were on and then of course read all about your story and I find it very compelling, of course, and it seems similar to maybe even 50% of the people I've had on in that the way your journey to health and wellness came from your own traumatic health journey, you know? Good. And, and at so the time, many people, yeah. At the time, the trauma was true trauma. And now I'm so grateful because yeah. that trauma was a gift. It was lined with gold. Just took us a while to find the gold. Yeah. yeah. The trauma. yeah. When you're in it, you're like, where's the gold? I don't see yeah. it. <laughs> I, I never want to relive that. We lost my family. My children lost so much. But at the same time, looking back now, we can all see the gold that we actually discovered through that trauma. Yeah. Well, finally. <laughs> yeah. uh, so our main subject is going to be magnesium, but we will, 
I'm naturally it will segue into that, but so let's start from the beginning of that journey okay. and what and how you got to where you are now. So the beginning of that journey, I just had a baby, went in, um, called my sisters because I had been okayed to get back to exercising. I have always struggled with depression since I was a young girl. It's just a part of my wiring. I have a strong support system for it and know the tools I need to manage it. And one of those is exercise. And so for me, exercise was not just about getting back to a certain size. It was life or death. That exercise really can pull me out of that black hole of that depressive funk. So I was super excited to get started back up. And I started just not even a full on run, just a, a, a quick paced walk and my bladder leaked. And I was like, oh, 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 this is not cool. So I called my sisters and I'm like, what is going on? And I just had baby number four and they said, oh, your bladder has fallen. It's very common. Just get back into your OBGYN. Oh, okay. So I called my OBGYN, told them what was going on made the appointment, ended up with a surgery date. On that table, my heart stopped numerous times and I came out of it having seizures. I ended up in the hospital for weeks. Long story short, I ended up in a wheelchair, colostomy bags, catheters. I couldn't hold my head up, so my wheelchair had a little brace for my forehead. I got down to about 74-ish pounds. Mm. My hair was falling out. I was a mess. I couldn't mm. drink water. Um, TPN, total perinatal nutrition. I was reacting to everything, having the seizures. And that was our trauma, trying to put those pieces back together. Um, I grew up in a very Western medical home. My stepfather is a doctor, and so you did what the doctor said. And it was the first time I really broke with that because the doctor was not putting pieces together. Mm -hmm. They didn't know what to do with me. My husband would take me anywhere. We went to Mayo Clinic. We went to Stanford. And at Stanford, um, their final diagnosis was Munchausers. Munchausers is a diagnosis where you need the attention of being sick. There's a disconnect in your brain. And so you create scenarios to get that need met. And my right. heart goes out to those people with Munchausers. Right. I was not creating seizures and I was not not able to eat food because I needed the attention. I had almost crashed my family financially. We were in a very solid financial position. And after three and a half years, we almost lost everything. My parents had to step in or we would have had to have declared bankruptcy oh. on our home because I was life lighted from one state to another state and just, oh. just trauma, trauma oh after trauma after trauma. And we had just adopted two children, older children from the foster care system. Mm -hmm. And they needed calm more than any of my children to really solidify in our family and feel a part of it. So it was just trauma after trauma. And that something just snapped <laughs> that day. Yeah. And I guess in some ways it took me that much to get to the point where I really started looking for out of the box solutions. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times that's how it works. You have to get pushed so far to the edge, and I especially did. them giving you that diagnosis. You're like, wait a minute, 
Yeah. Uh, that is not my problem. Like, yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. And it was, it was through that process. It ended up as what had happened was they had put titanium. They'd used titanium screws in my pelvic bone to hold the cadaver graft that they put the sling in. They don't do it that way anymore. But at the time, 20, just over 20 years ago, that's how they did it. Wow. At the time, they thought titanium was inert in the medical establishment. Now they know there's a thing called Melissa syndrome and a percentage of those with autoimmune, which I knew I had going into the surgery, I've been diagnosed in my teenage years with autoimmune. Um, we have reactions to the titanium. So that was one problem that was happening during that three and a half year period. And then on top of that, when this happened, my husband had been transferred to Arizona and the growth in Arizona was just exploding. Like mm -hmm. you would drive down a street that you hadn't been down for two weeks and there would be 50 new tract homes wow. and a new um, Ralph's. I mean, there was just, wow. the, the, the building was just exploding and the hospitals couldn't keep up with the population. And my cadaver graft was bought on the black market and it had mold. So I had the reaction to titanium, the cadaver graft with mold, autoimmune, and that triage of those three things, my body just couldn't take it and just shut down. Wow. Shut down. So we found a PA um, because we kept going doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor. And my husband had to go back. He'd taken a leave of absence to take care of me. But we were becoming, you know, we went from having a great savings account to becoming destitute after three and a half years. And my husband said, I have to go back to work. We've, you know, we're, we're about to lose everything. And so he went back to work and heard of a physician's assistant where he had gotten retransferred for his job that really was good at dealing with hormone imbalance. And he thought maybe her hormones, you know, at that point we didn't know about the titanium and they thought maybe it's her hormones. Maybe there's this weird hormone that got triggered or something. So he called them up and said, would you be willing to see us? And he said, absolutely. I don't know if it's hormones, but absolutely. And as he listened to us, he said, I don't know what this is. Well, we fell in love with him on the spot because every other medical professional we'd talk to would tell us what it was when they really didn't know. It was almost like a bluff. And so we love the fact he was real and said, I don't know what this is, but I'm really good at putting puzzle pieces together and I want to do some research. And he was the one that came back and said, I think it's the titanium. I think it's the titanium. So they took the titanium out. The seizures stopped. I still had tremors. The seizures stopped after they took that, the whole cadaver graft titanium out. But I was a mess. I mean, I was an absolute mess. And so through that process, I had to learn how to put my health back together. And that's where my entire philosophy of build a strong foundation came into play. You have to build a strong foundation. You have to give the cells what they need to be able to do what they're intended to do and stop chasing all these symptoms and stop going to all these different places. And for a week, you're working on thyroid. And for six weeks, you're working on adrenals. 
before you do that, build that strong foundation and then see what's left over of your symptoms. See what goes away once you've got that strong foundation in place. And that's where that whole philosophy came from, was building that foundation because as I rebuilt it, I got stronger and better. And, mm -hmm. and now I, I do not take it for granted that I wake up at five o'clock every morning with no alarm clock because my body's rested and ready mm -hmm. to go. And every day I still think, oh, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> every single day I still, and I hope I never forget that. I hope no. I never forget that. No, I love that, that philosophy. I mean, it's true. You're not going to like start building the roof before you've built the, yeah. the bottom of the house. Right. <laughs> right. And so many, and I know a lot of my clients can really relate to this and maybe your listeners can too, in that we have so many supplements in our cupboard, but we still don't feel better. Mm -hmm. And we still are chasing symptoms in quote, a natural way. And so it just becomes crucial to build that foundation and give the cells what they need to be able to perform what they need to do. Mm -hmm. So what did your foundation look like? Sleep. Mm -hmm. I was going to bed too late. I needed a break from my kids. I needed that quiet time. And so mm -hmm. I'd go to bed at midnight or one. I needed to take more accountability for basic things that I wasn't doing, getting enough restorative sleep. And that yeah. sounds so simple, but I was not doing it. And then That's I was alarm. expecting <laughs> my body to just go, go, go the next day. And so when my body was tired, because I'd been up too late, I'd slurp down that diet Coke. You know, I give my kids the healthy food right. and then I would hide. I mean, how disingenuous is that? I would hide my diet Coke and I'd drink it. And it was a short-term solution yeah. because it gave me that caffeine boost to get me through the day, but oh, the long-term consequences. Oh, no. And that's where my philosophy came from. I don't go for short-term solutions. Mm. I always look at that long-term build. What is this doing for my health? long-term because that short-term fix didn't get me where I mm -hmm. wanted to be. It just got me through the day. And I don't want to just get through the day. I've got mm. big dreams and big ideas and lots of living that I want to do in my life. And I don't want to just get through the day. Mm -mm. No, I don't either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of um, the allopathic way though. And why so many people you know, reach for pharmaceuticals or reach for a Coke or a soft drink because it is a quick fix. And I mean, for us, you know, to actually put in the work, which is what you have to do. And, and that is. is hard for people to accept, you know, that it's that, and, and it's a constant work as well. I mean, like you don't get to some magic place in your health and you oh, can just be yes. like, Oh, I'm yes. done. And I can just do whatever so I want. So many times that's what women they're like, okay, tell me what to do to get there. And I'm like, it's ongoing. It's, yeah. it's a journey. You're always, you know, and you'll hit different phases. I've got seven grandbabies and I've just gone through menopause and I'm learning some new things about my body yeah. and how to take care of it and support it. So it's not this end destination. It's a journey. Yeah. And if you're, if you are already overwhelmed right now, then there's a reason that you're pushing health away 
And it's because you have to take more accountability Mm -hmm. to create more help. And if you're more, if you're overwhelmed, taking more responsibility and taking that accountability can just be more overwhelming. And so it's a way we create cognitive dissonance. We push our health away and we say we want to be healthy. Oh yes, I want to be healthy. And we research and we get on Google and we scroll all the social media sites and we think we're doing all of these things Mm -hmm. to create health. But in actuality, research never created a healthier body. And so it's how we push our health away because of that overwhelm. And so standing up and being willing to take more responsibility and say, I'm okay with being overwhelmed. I'm okay with it. I will embrace it and sit with it because I am taking action, action over research. Every time, you know, things right now that you're not implementing Mm -hmm. more vegetables, more hydration, better sleep. Mm-hmm. And if you're not implementing those, but you're out there searching for the magic grail, the magic pill, the magic protocol, the magic eating that's going to fix it all, that's creating cognitive dissonance. Mm-hmm. And it's about that overwhelm and stepping into that place where you're willing to take more responsibility to get to where you say you want to be. Absolutely. 100%. But it seems like maybe magnesium (laughs) is one of those, um, I'm not going to say holy grail, but it is something that so many people are deficient in. And uh, I've been a huge proponent of magnesium for my clients, for me, but I was not aware, I mean, other than taking like Epsom salt baths, which I'm sure we, we can discuss the difference between Epsom salt and uh, transdermal magnesium that you sell. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that everybody is not everybody, but a lot of people are deficient in and it can, and then it is crucial for almost every function in the body, right? It is. It's, it's it's where everything starts. Yeah. And so it makes sense to me. Um, there's that song. I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. It was the first movie I ever saw as a little girl was the sound of music. And there's that song. Let's start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. I was that, that, movie was magical to me because it was the first thing I saw on the big screen, (laughs) but it, it just makes sense to start where the problem started. And so many people will say, Oh, I know I'm low in vitamin D. Well, low vitamin D cannot happen without magnesium deficiency. And so if you're low on vitamin D, you know that you're not just low on magnesium, you're extremely deficient. Uh at the cellular level with magnesium. And it's like my car. I can have everything functional in that little car. I love it. I drive up and down highway one, put the top down and it's my happy place. (laughs) I can have everything perfectly cleaned out, perfectly packed and ready to go to the ocean. But if I don't have gasoline in the car, I'm not going anywhere. It's the same way with your body. You can be eating all the healthy foods. You can be taking all the things, but if you don't have enough magnesium to start the processes in your body, your liver's not going to have optimal function. The mitochondria in your cells are not going to have optimal function. So that magnesium becomes the first 
place to start. And I love, I love that you said it's not a cure-all because it's not. And sometimes as, as I get talking, people will, oh, well, it, it can do this and this, and it will fix this and this. And some people do soak and their migraines go away, but not everyone's. And so it's not a cure-all, but it is where everything started. And so let's start at the very big, I won't sing. I'm not a singer, <laughs> no, but <please> do. <laughs> let's start, you know, I've got my hands clasped. Let's start at the very beginning. Oh, yeah. It is a really good place to start when it comes to being healthy. And magnesium is that first master mineral that you start with. So how did you discover, I mean, where, when did that begin that you put that together? So I knew nothing about magnesium. I had, you know, 20 years ago, it wasn't even on my radar. It wasn't even something I didn't even understand the concept that every soda that I drank was stripping the magnesium. And it was a friend of mine that brought over some magnesium. And she said, Kristen, you, your family is so stressed. I can see it in your faces. And she said, when you're stressed, you don't have as much magnesium. And now I understand it's when your cortisol level goes up, your magnesium's pushed out through your urine. I didn't understand that at the time, but it made sense, stress, magnesium. She said, "My, I have a um, doctor that is helping me with my magnesium levels and I soak in it. And I brought some over for you to soak. I really think it will just help relax you. And for me, I felt it the very first time I soaked in it. Mm. it. I felt the immediate benefit and it was like an addiction. I just wanted more of that because as I looked at my, you know, we've got six children. And as I looked at them, I just realized I needed to play catch up and I needed to do it quickly and efficiently. And I needed to feel good to help them put the pieces of their life back together that had been so side swiped by my health crash. And so I used the magnesium and I had my kids use the magnesium. And my husband at that point was a type two diabetic. He's since been declassified. Um, diabetes, your pancreas uses more magnesium than almost any part of your body. And so he soaked in the magnesium and then all of a sudden it quit working. And I was, I was devastated, does not even begin to express. Mm. I had such a fear that I held of going back to where I was. And so I, I called the company and said, what, what's happened? It's not giving me the same benefit. And I'm very grateful to that person who answered the phone. Her and I talked for almost an hour and she said, well, it's very expensive to ship and it's very expensive to import. And so we're adding some water to it. And I got angry. It, it just, it made me angry. Wow because I didn't want water. I wanted my magnesium back. I wanted the benefits of sleep and the benefits of energy that eventually I started to feel. And that's when I turned to my husband and I said, I, I wanted, I want to get it. I want to be the one who brings the magnesium in. And he said, We've we almost lost everything. We, we, we don't have the money. We're <laughs> barely surviving. 
Right. We don't have the money. Our boys, our teenage boys were working and they went to Golden Corral. They worked at Golden Corral and they um, do dishes and they would turn their paychecks over to us to help our family. Yeah. Just, I mean, I mean, we were just, we were just scraping by. And I said, Morgan, that's my husband. There's got to be other people out there that are more concerned about health versus profit margin. Now, there's nothing wrong with making a profit. I don't want to throw shame on that. There is, for me, my value system is helping people get healthy and not putting profit before that, but putting that value of that one human life and the impact that they'll make in society when they wake up feeling good. And so I finally, I finally got them to take the very last bit that we had in our 401k. We took it out. We took a loan to ourselves and we imported our very first um, QB container of magnesium. And it took us almost three years to sell it. And now we import about 20 every six weeks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so it's still a family owned business and we still put that person before profit. How I do business is more important to me than how much business I do. And I think the reason that value is so interwoven with who I am is because I've been that desperate person buying so many different things, trying to put my health back together. And it's one of the reasons I'm so driven to do education because magnesium shines the light on what's broken in the body. So some people soak in magnesium and they're exhausted. It, it becomes worse. Mm -hmm. Well, magnesium is shining the light that they're not getting enough potassium from their food. And so they get enough magnesium, their body gets so excited for the magnesium, they drop their potassium and that makes them feel exhausted. And so there's so many different things that happen like that. And so I'm passionate about educating people to understand what's happening in their body when they soak, because they can get that feedback. Oh, I'm exhausted. I need to up my potassium. And a lot of people don't realize they need 4,700 milligrams of potassium coming in from their food. Yeah. And if they're not eating a healthy diet, they're deficient. And that potassium is crucial in taking things out of the cell. If you don't have that potassium, the cellular function is off. If you don't have that potassium salt ratio, adrenal function is off, which means thyroid is off. And so helping people understand what's happening in their body when they get that magnesium up through soaking has become my passion. I'm one of those obnoxious people when I sit on an airplane and look around and think. <laughs> You're like, well, Ooh, do you I know wonder... about magnesium? <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not that pushy. I'm not quite that pushy. But if they start talking about something, I can weave magnesium uh -huh. into oh, yeah. that conversation. Yeah, yeah. And oh, by the way, I have a sample. Do you want to try oh, some? <laughs> I love it. I want to sit next to you on my next flight. <laughs> I usually make pretty good friends. I try not oh, to sure. be that obnoxious in their face person. I can't imagine you being if, obnoxious. If at they all, start so. chatting and talking and oh, I don't sleep very well. Oh, well, let's talk oh, about that. <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more about this. Who tell? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so why why is everybody magnesium deficient? It's our it's currency. We have to look at our health 
because my grandmother was not deficient in magnesium. She got it from her food. But currently the food that we're eating is not the quality of food that our grandparents ate. And so it used to be, you could go to the grocery store and buy a red pepper and it had a day's worth of magnesium in it. And now you can go to the grocery store and buy an organic red pepper and there's not even trace amounts of magnesium. And so our magnesium has decreased in our food because of overuse of synthetic fertilizers. And that's my husband's passion is um, a system called permaculture. And it's a way of of growing your food that brings the balance back to the soil and the nutrients back. And so until we're living in a way that we have food from a permaculture system available to all, plan B is soaking in magnesium because oral magnesium needs to be upgraded. Oral magnesium cannot get you to cell saturation. And Mm. think of it, it's synthetic. It's been treated, it's been processed, it's been heated, it's been put down a conveyor belt, it's isolated, and then we take it by mouth and, oh, we're good, we have our magnesium for the day. Well, if that worked, everybody could eat boxes of cold cereal because it has 100% of so much of your RDA. Hmm. And that we know that doesn't work. Hmm. And so oral synthetic nutrition does not work. Mm-hmm. And it actually decreases your ability to uptake nutrients from food. And food, even as imperfect as it is right now, is how we heal our bodies. It's right. so powerful. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to do anything that will slow down that process. And so soaking in magnesium is a way to upgrade your magnesium levels from synthetic isolated magnesium. Mm. Back to the... um you know, the, the comparison between great, our grandparents mm-hmm. <laughs> nutrition versus ours. I mean, that's a common, I've had family members because both my grandmothers, one lived to 92 and the other was 95. The 95 oh. year old never had a single health problem ever. She was on no pharmaceuticals. I mean, part of it, I think was also her personality. She just like nothing ever bothered her, oh, which, stress. Also, which yeah, yeah, stress. She was never stressed out. And, and you know, that is a huge factor and a huge, uh, you know, subject on its own. But, and sometimes people would be like, oh, well, you know, your grandmother ate like this. And I'm like, what she ate was completely different version, even if it looked the same mm-hmm. of what, what we ate we today, eat like completely different. Well, and we're at, we're at a turning point in our country in that we have a generation below us that have a lower life expectancy than we do. And that's the first time it's ever happened on the planet, that the life expectancy is lower and their anxiety is through the roof and magnesium is not. And again, I want to be so careful. It's not the entire reason. Magnesium is the chill pill mineral. It helps you to relax. And so it's a huge part of the equation of these teenagers that we've got now that are experiencing anxiety at a level we've never seen. It's across the board. It's across the board. I mean, I think that they are prescribing, you know, children medication for anxiety now, like Mm -hmm. that's increased. I don't know how, I forgot what the percentage is, but it's astronomical compared to 20 years ago or when I was, you know, a kid. Uh, Yeah. And, and through my nutrition studies, 
magnesium is, has been dubbed the anti-stress mineral, you know? So it's no, it's no wonder also that it's the anti-stress mineral and that also when you're stressed, you, you you lose it, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, and it's the thing that I want people to understand is so many times they're taking what I call a quick fix of magnesium, just like my diet Coke. Mm -hmm. There's powders out there of magnesium that you can mix and make a drink and you will feel short-term benefits from that. You will experience the short-term benefit, but the long-term consequences is that product is loaded with citric acid, which is hard on your gut health. Mm. And you can never drink enough of that to get to cell saturation where every single red blood cell is surrounded by magnesium. And that's when you're at cell saturation, that's when the benefits of magnesium start to kick in. That's when vitamin D levels start to change. You're active and you're stored. That's when liver function really starts to kick in. And so we're selling ourselves short by thinking that these quick fixes are getting us the magnesium levels that we need. And so I just want people to understand there's so much more out there in the world of magnesium than just taking a quick drink. Let's get you soaking in it and let's get those blood levels up so thyroid can function, so you can sleep, so hormones start to balance. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the transdermal magnesium soaking in it, how often do you recommend or does that vary with person to person? So I love that you brought this up. It, I recommend that the first experience you have with magnesium, you do a 30 day challenge. So you're soaking every day in magnesium and then go get your red blood cells tested. You can go to request a test, walk in labs, and you can order a magnesium RBC. We don't want the serum. We want the magnesium red blood cell test. And we want that to be between 6.3 to 7.4. Now, about, I want to say four-ish years ago, they actually dropped the standard for that test because nobody was hitting it. I'm not dropping the standard of health for my body just because society around me is not taking care of themselves. Mm -mm. So I still hold those same numbers. The goal is still between 6.3 and 7.4. And then after that, your burn rate and my burn rate are going to be very different. My husband is like your your grandma. Everything's going to work out. All going to be okay. I wish I was like that. (laughs) I know. I'm not. That is not not my first response. And so my burn rate is a little bit higher than my husband's because of my mental function and how I'm thinking. I eat a little bit better than my husband Mm -hmm. does. That's often with females for some reason. (laughs) On that realm, my burn rate is better than my husband's because of my food choices, because processed foods, sugars, all decrease your magnesium levels. Your, how much you sleep determines your magnesium burn rate. There are so many unique factors. I have autoimmune, which means I've got a little bit higher magnesium burn rate. I've healed my thyroid, but I used to have thyroid issues, which meant I had a little bit higher magnesium burn rate. So after you've done that 30-day challenge, we really need to look at where your numbers were at. If you fell between that 6.3 and 7.4, soak one or two times a week, you're there. 
you're, you're in that golden. Now we just want you to hold it. Mm-hmm. If you were only at a five, we've got some more soaking to do. <laughs> and we need to look at lifestyle choices and say, okay, is it a sugar? Is it a processed food issue? Is it a sleep issue? Do I not have enough tools to manage my mindset and the connection that I have to my body? And so at that point, that's when you really start individualizing how often someone needs to soak. Mm, excellent. And what do you, how do you explain the difference between an Epsom salt bath Mm. versus, yeah. Yeah. I love Epsom salt and I actually put them in with my Mm. magnesium soak because the magnesium chloride that I sell does not have sulfates in it. Mm. Epsom salts do have sulfates and sulfates are powerful for your liver. So I put about a cup in with my soak. The thing with Epsom salts is there's not enough magnesium to get you to cell saturation. And that's my goal. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very focused. My goal is cell saturation. Now the sulfates in the Epsom will benefit me, but they won't get me there. And we know how much they can relax the muscles and they're great. But my ultimate goal is cell saturation. And the way to do that is with a brine that's come from the ocean that's low in heavy metals. I could import that from Utah and it is so cheap. I could Mm. import it from Russia and it is even cheaper, but they're both very high in heavy metals. Mm. So you want to make sure the source that you're getting it from is the cleanest. You want to make sure it's not diluted and you want to make sure it's not manufactured in a lab. It's incredibly cheap to produce magnesium and then put it in liquid form. But that synthetic isolated magnesium doesn't move your red blood cell number. And again, that's my goal. I want my cellular numbers. I want every cell surrounded by magnesium. And to do that, we need sea brine with all the cofactors, undiluted and clean. So where do you source yours from? You order it? Mm -hmm. I import it from the Zextein Sea. That's where our magnesium comes from, is the Zextein Sea. Oh, wow. And so it comes from from deep below the sea, and it's got all the cofactors, and that's currently. Now, that might change. Right, right, right. That's why there's... My, one of my basic philosophies is we have to stay current with our health. My beautiful little granddaughter, when she's in her twenties, it might be a completely different thing Mm -hmm. that she needs to understand to stay current with her health right now. Currently the cleanest place to get that is from the Zextine C 20 years from now. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's always currently right now. That's, that's the best place to get it from. Yeah. So soaking with Epsom salt mm-hmm. is a good way to enhance. Are there other ways to kind of like enhance your oh, magnesium absolutely. soak experience? Yes. Magnesium is hydrophilic. It moves in a hydrated body. Mm-hmm. And so I always, I just have a habit to grab my water bottle and I make sure I drink eight ounces before I soak because we want that magnesium pumping up through your lymph Mm -hmm. and a hydrated body, it will move more easily through your lymph than if you're dehydrated because it's hydrophilic. Mm -hmm. So what do you say to the people listening who are like, I don't have enough time. 
And that's your excuse. <laughs> yeah. That's the first thing that'll come up yeah. is I'm so busy. Yeah. I don't have enough time. And that's where you have to make that decision. Yeah. Are you prioritizing yourself? So for example, in the morning, I teach a, a early morning class and that's when I soak one on nice. Fridays. I only need to soak one to two times a week now. And so on my Wednesday class and my Friday class, I'm just set up and I'm on it. my Zoom call and I'm soaking. <laughs> so I've just prioritized that and I make sure that it happens in my life. And so it's a matter of putting yourself first. And usually that question comes up and it will be from a woman who will move heaven and earth to make somebody else's life better. And so I'll say to her, I want you to take that same energy and make your own life better. Yes. And, and redirect that energy to yourself so that you've got a better balance of that give receive cycle. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the most profound things is, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup, you know, and I think that a lot of, and women especially do this, you know, mm -hmm. that they just give, give, give. Mm -hmm. And, and then our society, I mean, we applaud that as being so I, virtuous and so great, but at the same time, you're not taking care of your own self. Like, right. Well, you know? I will, I will never forget. I had a woman that came in the shop and her husband carried her like oh. scooped her up oh. and they had driven numerous hours to come talk to me because they'd heard that I'd had out of the box health problems mm -hmm. and he had tears and he said, please help us. Oh. She's she, and her head was kind of hanging back. I mean, she was so sick. And so it was a beautiful moment there in the shop in the retail shop because nobody came in for about three hours and we just, I went to town and we mapped out a whole plan for her. Hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. We mapped out a whole plan. They came back in about six weeks later. She was walking beside him. Her eyes were bright. I started to cry oh. because to me, I got to be a part of that. And yeah. that is why I do what I do. I love that moment. And I went to her and I said, oh my gosh, you feel better. And she said, actually, I don't. Oh. Oh. And I didn't even know what to say. And, oh. and then I thought, oh, I've, I've got the wrong, I've got the wrong person. Yeah, you're like. <laughs> and then I, and as she talked, I thought, no, this is the same person. And so I just turned to her husband and I said, I'd love to know because I was so confused. Yeah. I said, I'd love your perspective. Talk to me, what's happening? And he said, oh, she takes meals to the neighbors now. She does all of this stuff. And so it was such a profound pattern that she showed to me. I put a name on it. It's called upcycling. She got feeling better and she just upcycled how much she did for other people. She truly and literally had not experienced the difference because she just added more stuff to her plate oh. where when she came in, one of the things he said is she hasn't cooked a meal in years, but now she's taking meals to her neighbor. And so she just added more things on her plate. And so that upcycling, it's real. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad. It was such a profound moment for me because I realized this is an extreme pattern, but I'm doing the same thing myself. Mm. I'm just adding more things, adding more things and never really appreciating what I've created. Mm. 
Those patterns, though, are so crucial and part of where, as especially as women, we create cognitive dissonance. And she said she wanted help, but she didn't even recognize what she'd created and just wanted more mm-hmm. and more and more. And so I think stopping and really appreciating and experiencing gratitude, mm-hmm. even the sickest of people, there's something right now that's working in their body, whether it's their vision, mm-hmm. whether it's their hands and fingers that move. There's something that they can be grateful for that their body is doing right now for them. Mm-hmm. And experiencing that gratitude is crucial and helps you hold on to your magnesium. The more grateful we are, the more we hold on to that magnesium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be having gratitude, um, doing positive affirmations, I'm a huge proponent of because just shifting the mindset, you know, I mean, some, there's the most basic things, like you're saying, to be grateful for that you can walk, that you do have vision that you can hear. I mean, just so simple. My husband, um, this last two years unexpectedly had a double amputation and it has been incredible for me to watch him just focus on gratitude for other parts of his body. And his philosophy has been, I can't change it. I'm not going to be upset about it. I'm not wasting another minute of my life. I'm just grateful. I have this and this and this and this. And it's been so powerful to watch the power of gratitude change his experience Mm -hmm. and keep his stress levels down. The doctors are constantly saying, we can't believe you're healing, you're healing. And part of that has to be his ability to bring gratitude. And it's, I think it's so important. It's not a toxic gratitude. It's not a gratitude because he thinks he has to have it or he's saying the right thing. He's actively feeling that Mm. and creating it. And that's the kind of gratitude that helps you hold on to magnesium. Mm -hmm. So profound. And the power of your mind and the power of your mindset. Yes. Can change, can change everything. Um, I also wanted to talk about, (laughs) I had listened to one of the episodes and you were talking about, um, journaling in a book that I have read years ago, The Uh Artist Way. Oh, I love that book. I love, love, love that book. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. And I, I think I've, I I feel like I've talked about on the podcast before for some other subject or I mean, but the same kind of idea in Mm -hmm. that, like, you don't have to be, you know, technically an artist, like a painter. Because I'm not. (laughs) <laughs> like I'm looking, I'm looking at the beautiful vision behind you uh, and I'm seeing beautiful artwork and paintbrushes. Yeah. And I am someone who has appreciation for people like you, but that is not my gift. Well, you and you do not have to be an artist right. to pull. And in fact, that book helped me because I grew up with women who sewing was the way that they showed creativity, yeah. quilting and all sorts of different ways in Beautiful. sewing. And so I just knew it was because I had this junky machine, why I couldn't sew. So I bought this super expensive, like $3,000 machine. Guess what? I still couldn't sew. <laughs> it's not my path of creativity. Right. And the artist way really helped me claim I create in a unique way. And that's in my classes. 
I create experiences for people to make connections. Mm -hmm. And I never grew up with a role model that did that, but that's my creative pathway. Mm -hmm. Just like one of your creative pathways are those brushes and paints. And the artist way really helped me tap into claiming and owning my own creative a pathway that's different than other people's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're all, we're all creative in our own way, whether it, I mean, it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be on a, on a canvas. It can be exactly what you're explaining. Um, And then the journaling part of that, which I, I try to get all my clients to journal um, because I just think it's so power. It can be such a powerful tool. Oh, it is. It is such a powerful tool. And I think sometimes We think of journaling as sitting in the perfect environment, Mm -hmm. holding a leather journal Mm -hmm. with a beautiful pen, Mm -hmm. writing out our thoughts. (laughs) And that is so far from the truth. You can journal on a post-it note and write out one thing that you're grateful for. You can journal on the back of an envelope when you're in the car waiting for something. Journaling comes in all shapes and sizes. And when we buy into that level of perfectionism, journaling never happens. Mm. It, it does not have to be, it can be a cheap and expensive notebook. I have one journal that I write in that's just all my angry thoughts because <laughs> I get them out and I yeah. process them and I shred it or I burn it yeah. or I throw it and it helps me process those emotions. So they're not coming out sideways at other people. Mm, yeah. Nobody yeah. taught me what to do with my anger as a little girl. Nobody ever talks about that. Yeah. I, nobody talks about, I mean, Maybe they are now more so, but certainly in the years past, I mean, just emotions in general, like, I mean, when I was little, I definitely looking back, I had, I definitely had anxiety and I had no idea that, 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 that term never crossed my mind. Like it was never said, right. you know, right. or never recognized. Right. Um, but I, and I did journal when I was younger too. So, which was helpful. But I, yeah. no, but I just started doing it. It wasn't like somebody was like, you should journal. <laughs> yeah. There's so many different ways. Another favorite way that I have to journal is when I'm reading a book, I always have three different types of books that I'm reading. Me too. And <laughs> do you? Oh. Yeah, I have like five right now. Yeah. <laughs> and one of them I want. I want that book to stretch my mind. So it's a book that I read a couple sentences and go, whoa, wait a minute. What yeah. was that? And so writing down. And so I'll have um, this size of post-it note and I'll write down what I understood from what I just read. And then I just take the post-it note, rip it off and pop it in the book. Uh, oh, and then okay. when I go back the next day to make sure I've really understood that concept, I read the concept again in the book. I read what I understood from the concept and then I can expand on it. And then that knowledge becomes mine. It's not, I'm just reading that book and skimming it, but I've really incorporated understanding and what that looks like through my filter on that page. So there's so many different ways to journal. You, we're in a, we're in a whole passion of mine I now. I, I know. love journaling. <laughs> I love it. Well, I love what you were just explaining about, about that with the post-it note. And, and because I, so I am currently doing my yoga teacher training. Oh, okay. And so I'm reading all these different books that my husband had done his years past. And so we have a lot of books, uh, yoga sutras and all the different philosophy stuff, but some of them I'm reading it and I'm like, what in the heck is it saying? 
<laughs> so I really need to, to do exactly what you're saying. Read it a couple times, process it, write down kind of what I got from it because some of it is really, woof. Yeah. And then difficult. when you come back to that, you know, 24, 48 hours later, you will understand even more of that as you read yeah. your first level of processing what you got from the book. And then it's like the book becomes a part of you and that knowledge is in you instead of just reading all those books. Yeah. And it's, you're incorporating it as a part of you and it's making you become a better person. I love that. I'm going to start that today. I'm going to start it today. I, it's it's one of my favorite ways. Yeah. All my books, you can tell my, my, the books I love the most are really thick because they've got lots of post-it notes <laughs> shoved on every page. I need to get some new post-it notes. I don't think I have enough. <laughs> oh, I have a drawer right here and my grandkids love to come because they know that there's lots of colors of post-it oh, notes in so grandma's drawer. Yeah, there's <laughs> markers and there are probably 40 different pads of post-it notes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> this has been such a joy. I have enjoyed our conversation so much. So what oh. do you have on the horizon? What is, what's coming up? Anything oh. coming up? Soon. We, um, we are in a total, um, brand overhaul and I'm really excited because we just, we were scrappy when we put the business together. We never borrowed money and we'd, I'd trade a jug of magnesium to someone who could maybe do a little bit of graphic design for oh, me. I love it. <laughs> and, um, we realize now with so many new people hitting the website that it looks pretty scrappy. <laughs> it's, it's time. It's time for the products on the outside to have the same impact that they do on the inside. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to bring on an amazing design team and okay. we're in the process of redesigning that and picking the color palettes and the fonts and the patterns and the secondary markers. And so that's, okay. we're really deep into that. And I'm really expanding on my um, program that I work with women. It's called Core Seven. Oh. And it's just building those seven basic principles in your body for health. Some of which we've talked about today. Yeah. That's great. And y'all sell obviously the magnesium soap. We do. But you sell other products. What would you say your second favorite product? Oh, my second favorite. Oh, that's a tie. I know. Um, Sorry, Acerola cherry. Yeah. <laughs> Acerola cherry powder is probably my second because we found a source that has a strong copper core. And when it has that strong copper core, it helps your T4 convert to T3. And that's one of the first things that goes off in thyroid. And then that, that tie is our magnesium boosted bath bombs because they have that cocoa butter in that mm. we have a, it's the and we work with women in Uganda and Beatrice is an entrepreneur there in Uganda. When I realized that the cocoa butter I was buying was built on the um, labor of children, uh -huh. that was just, oh, I, yeah. I didn't want anything yeah. to do with that. So we found Beatrice and she said, oh, I can, I can 
get women over here because that's the best place to get the cocoa butter. And so they produce it and do it the old school way. So it's this beautiful cocoa butter. And then invariably they turned around and they lifted their community. And that's what women do when they get feeling better, they immediately turn and they lift other people. And so my goal is to help as many women wake up in the morning to feel really good so that they can stand up and lift other people because it's crazy world out there and we need women more connected and having an ability to wake up feeling so good so that they can make that difference that they were meant to do oh you are such an inspiration oh well, I appreciate you having me on the show. I, I love talking journaling. That I, was a fun little sidetrack there. I, I know, didn't you know just we like, were going to go there. Like, oh, I love journaling. <laughs> I do too. We can have you back on and we can talk all about oh, journaling. Let's, let's. That'd be a great, like we could go into 12, 12 of my favorite ways to journal. That would uh, be I'm fun. I'm there. Let's do okay, it. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. We can set it up because there are so many different tools and ways that you can utilize journaling. It's not just about sitting and writing in a beautiful room in a perfect book. I, that, and that's a great way to journal, yeah. but you're missing the depth and breadth of journaling because there's so many different, just little things like the post-it notebook. So oh, I'd yeah. love to connect and oh, do Oh no, that. we're definitely yeah. going to do this. Okay. I'm already awesome. inspired by the post-it notes. I mean, I, yeah. I never even thought of that. So <laughs> yeah, I, I love journaling. It has saved my mental health. Journaling is, I think, one of the most powerful tools to help people that want balance when it comes mm-hmm. to mental health, and it's yeah. powerful. And it's definitely one of the cheapest, you know? Yeah. I mean, you can yeah, buy a is. notebook for 99 cents or less, yeah. so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right, it is. Okie doke. Don't well, tell my so. husband that, though, because I, I buy I know. lots of journals. I like the pretty ones, too. Okay? <laughs> I, I have a notebook problem, let me just say. I like too. I just... I just a pretty notebook. I mean, I have, I have five right here. So, but the problem is though, then if I'm, I write to-do lists and then I'm like, I I have to-do lists all over the place. It's whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me on. Isn't Kristen just one of the most lovely people that you've ever heard? (laughs) I had such a great time chatting with her. We have already scheduled our next conversation for next month to discuss journaling and all of its many benefits and tips of how we can enhance our journal experience. So be sure to stay tuned for the information of when that comes out. And also, we are currently working on a discount code for Living the Good Life Naturally products. We have not been able to get it to work for some crazy reason, but hopefully in the next few days, I will have that figured out and you all will be getting 10% off. So be on the lookout. Uh, Hopefully we can get that all squared away, but you know how technology is sometimes. So we'll get it figured out. Thank you, as always, for tuning in and listening. I appreciate you so much. You're absolutely a beautiful soul and a light and beacon that this world needs so desperately right now. So until next time, my lovely friends, peace and plants. 